Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to cover one of our favorite services here on the channel. That's right. It's Twitch, who in the course of dealing with certain controversies, certainly in the past and now in the present, has created a few more for themselves. So let's just dive in right now. We've got a Twitter thread from someone named Amaranth, who is a content creator of some popularity, as I understand it. She is pictured on the thumbnail to this video, who said as follows on May 18th. Yesterday, I was informed that Twitch has indefinitely suspended advertising on my channel. She capitalized indefinitely suspended advertising. Twitch didn't reach out in any way whatsoever. I had to initiate the conversation after noticing, without any prior warning, all the ads revenue had disappeared from my channel analytics. This is an alarming precedent and serves as a stark warning that although content may not ostensibly break community guidelines or terms of service, Twitch has complete discretion to target individual channels and partially or wholly demonetize them for content that is deemed not advertiser-friendly, something that there is no communicated guideline for. This leaves open-ended the question of where the line is drawn. Many people complain about TOS, the terms of service, being unclear, but at least there's something to go by. There is no known policy for what results in a streamer being put on this blacklist. With characteristic opacity, the only thing Twitch made clear is that it is unclear whether or when my account can be reinstated. First of all, ostensibly characteristic opacity. Uh, There's a lot of uh, legal language here, language that makes a lawyer very happy in terms of how this is described by Amaranth. Uh, So I think that she is right to be concerned about what is blacklists and vagaries and ambiguities at Twitch, as we have talked about at length. But we also have to talk about what is happening here. Amaranth is uh, one of the fabled hot tub Twitch streamers. So what does that mean? Well, we have to dive into a series of nested documents to understand exactly how Twitch acted the way that it did, why it acted the way that it did, and what's going on now and what Twitch has changed in response to this Twitter thread. So let's start with the Twitch affiliate agreement. As Ms. Amaranth here has said, she didn't feel that she violated any aspect of this. If you go and you look at this agreement, it says you agree to comply with this agreement, the terms of service, the community guidelines, and the BITS acceptable use policy. So those are all what we would call incorporated by reference in this document. And by agreeing to the affiliate terms, which is how you make money through Twitch, you agree to abide by all these various things. Now, the terms of service document isn't super useful to this conversation. Why? because the terms of service mostly relates to things like intellectual property, how you're going to function, what you're going to do and not do on the service itself. But just like the affiliate agreement pushes you over to the Twitch community guidelines and additional guidelines or rules that are posted on the Twitch services, which isn't great. As we've talked about in the past, this allows for a lot of ambiguity, a lot of vagueness when you agree to abide by additional guidelines that might be put on the blog from Twitch. But that six and one half dozen of the other, because we can go into the community guidelines. We can find what we're looking for here, which is nudity, pornography, and other sexual content, which says nudity and sexually explicit content or activities such as pornography, sexual acts, or intercourse and sexual services are prohibited. In addition, sexually suggestive content or activities are also prohibited. Keep that in mind because Twitch is really going to tie itself in knots trying to get around the way this sentence is read. Now, this isn't long enough for us to even discuss this in respect of Amaranth's hot tub question. Why? Because we have to go to a third document, learn more about our sexual content policies and enforcement. 
And I hate these nested documents. I always have because it requires way too much for anybody that's actually trying to operate on your service to abide by. And I have a great deal of sympathy for content creators of all stripes that are trying to figure out what it is they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. When you're four documents deep and the primary document says you also agree to everything else we might blog post about. So I have a great deal of sympathy for Amaranth and everybody else that's trying to make a living on Twitch because Twitch rules are, in some respects, fairly ridiculous. On that ridiculousness, let's talk about sexually suggestive content. To maintain the health of our community and promote content that is appropriate for a diverse audience, sexually suggestive content is prohibited on Twitch. Evaluations on the sexual suggestiveness of a behavior or activity are independent of user attire and are instead based on the overall surrounding framing and context. So you've got a couple of things happening here that Twitch winds up getting itself in trouble with. First, you have an overall sentence that says, sexually suggestive content is prohibited, not allowed, can't do it, but without a great definition of sexual suggestiveness. That's left essentially up to Twitch, as so many things are in these guidelines and other documents. They also get in a little bit of trouble themselves because they say, we're going to evaluate that suggestiveness independent of user attire, which means in lawyer speak, if you are wearing underwear or lingerie or swim attire, which is what's going to come up here, we aren't actually going to use that as how we're going to determine whether you're acting or looking sexually suggestive. As you can imagine, since at least parts of those clothing is intended for that purpose, that creates a problem for Twitch. And it's a problem that enterprising content creators have used to get around this prohibition. That will be instead based on the overall surrounding framing and context. They say you can't use camera, you can't do all these other things. And then you get into more problems that Twitch created for itself with nudity and attire, which is akin to sexually suggestive content, but slightly different. Our goal is to set standards that allow you to elevate your content and express yourself in a variety of ways without exposing our global diverse community to inappropriate content. So you can't be nude and you basically have to wear what you should be wearing in general. There are, however, exceptions, contextual exceptions for what? Swim and beaches. Swimwear is permitted as long as it completely covers everything that it should cover and it relates to something like a beach or here also listed as concerts and festivals. So what did folks like Amaranth and other hot tubs Twitch streamers come up with? Well, it's in the name, right? They decided that they've got this contextual exception. They have a ruling here that says we won't determine what's suggestive based only on your attire. So if I've got a context exception that allows me to wear this attire and you won't rule on anything related to that attire, well, then I'm in like Flint and you find things like this. Now, you might also see here that there's a tag, pools, hot tubs, and I believe beaches, uh, which is brand new, which is the purpose of talking about this issue in this video. But before we get that, I did promise you we'd talk about how Twitch was doing what it was doing in its contracts. We've already talked in this space about contracts from the tech companies that have things like, if you get close to the line, that's good enough. You don't actually have to breach. That's not what's happening here. Instead, what Twitch basically says is, we control advertisements. Twitch has the exclusive right to sell and or display advertisements of any nature in connection with your user content on the Twitch services. And this is the affiliate agreement. Now, it's not entirely obvious to someone that isn't a lawyer and looking at this in the way that we do, but an exclusive right to do something means they have the exclusive right to not do that something. 
they can determine, okay, we don't want ads associated with this particular channel, even if you're otherwise signed up to the affiliate agreement. And they have that exclusive right. They haven't described when they will use that right. That's what Amaranth is complaining about, and I think justifiably so. And so Twitch cuts them off for not being in compliance with brand guidelines or whatever their advertisers actually want, which they can't describe because they don't know what their advertisers will want tomorrow, let alone today. And so they say, okay, we're going to cut you off. We're going to blacklist you, as Ms. Amaranth has said. And that got them into a certain amount of trouble itself. So now Twitch has created a situation where their guidelines say we're not going to judge on our tire. If you have a tire that matches up with swimwear, that's okay. You've got Twitch streamers that say, okay, we're going to inflate hot tubs and dress in beachwear that some people will find suggestive, but you're not allowed to judge us on that clothing. And to be honest with you, I certainly respect the entrepreneurial hustle of those folks that looked at the rules, looked at the loopholes and said, ah, I'm going to inflate a hot tub. As a lawyer, I like that. I like that thinking that makes a lot of sense to me. It doesn't make a lot of sense to Twitch because it was getting in trouble with certain advertisers that were like, I thought we were advertising on a video game website, not ladies playing in hot tubs, the website. And so Twitch has to look at this and get in trouble. So they blacklist Amaranth. They take away that advertising money and that gets them in trouble on the other side that says, hey, they're just entrepreneurs. They're just trying to make a living on this. What are you doing? And so Twitch starts to speak. May 21st, 2021. Let's talk about hot tub streams. Over the past few weeks, we've seen and had many conversations about hot tub streams, and we want to address it candidly. This is the tone and pose that Twitch always takes in these blog posts. We're here, we're going to talk honestly about some difficult questions. Much of the conversation we've seen is focused on the people who are streaming this and similar content, including assumptions about their motivations and intentions. And we want to make a few things clear. First and foremost, no one deserves to be harassed for the content they choose to stream, how they look, or who they are. And we will take action against anyone who perpetuates this kind of toxicity on our service. Now, that's interesting, right? I have a certain amount of respect for the entrepreneurial pursuit here. I also have a certain amount of understanding of Twitch not necessarily wanting to become just a hot tub streaming service or perhaps worse, depending on how their rules actually wind up reading and the uh, entrepreneurs that wind up looking for loopholes in them. And certainly harassment over how folks look or who they are, certainly justifiable to be defended against by Twitch. But in terms of discussing what they choose to stream, that's still a valuable discussion to have. Do we want Twitch to be this? Do I want to go to a platform that winds up being taken over by things like hot tub streams? Different people are going to have different opinions on that. Reasonable minds can differ. And certainly if it upgrades to the level of harassing the person, that's a problem. But the discussion itself is not harassment. I think that always gets elided when you have these kinds of uh, blog posts or discussion points. I think discussion is still useful, even if it's not something that people like Twitch or defenders of hot tub streamers want to have in this context. Now, more importantly, Twitch says, second, while we have guidelines about sexually suggestive content, being found to be sexy by others is not against our rules. And Twitch will not take enforcement action against women or anyone on our service for their perceived attractiveness. Now, this is what we might call a straw man, right? There's a difference between someone saying, oh, that lady is too hot or that man is too pretty or what have you, and Twitch saying, okay, we're not going to take any action against that. Totally understandable, right? But that's a little bit different from I set up an inflatable hot tub and I'm going to 
stream Minecraft in Beachware. Uh, and that Beachware may or may not be revealing, depending on exactly what it is that I'm streaming. You don't have to judge that. Uh, as I said, I don't really judge it myself, but it's not exactly what Twitch is saying. We won't find people to be too sexy. That's, that's fine. You still make choices about how that presents. And Twitch can enforce rules about that presentation, which it is electing not to do, right? Twitch has found itself in this conundrum. So what does it do to address it? Well, they say under our current nudity in attire and sexually suggestive content policies, streamers may appear in swim swimwear in contextually appropriate situations at the beach in a hot tub, for example. You'll note, by the way, that hot tub actually isn't included in the description of swimwear. It's really about beaches, uh, but that's okay. We allow creative expression like body writing and body painting, provided the streamer has appropriate coverage as outlined by our attire policy. Our intention with the sexually suggestive policy was to draw a line on content that is overtly or explicitly sexually suggestive, not to ban all content that could be viewed as sexually suggestive. Really, Twitch? Wait a minute. Let's go back to your language. To maintain the health of our community and promote content that is appropriate for a diverse audience, sexually suggestive content is prohibited. Your lawyers didn't do a great job if the overall result was that you didn't mean to prohibit sexually suggestive content. We acknowledge that our rules are not as clear as they could be. Well, that's good, at least. Prohibiting every form of content that could be interpreted as suggestive would also result in far more restrictions on the video games and premium content that we currently allow, especially considering the ways that female characters are sometimes objectified or presented in a sexualized manner. I love this paragraph because Twitch, that has a sentence in their terms of service, in their community guidelines that says, this stuff is prohibited, says, ah, we didn't mean to prohibit it. Also, let's throw some video games under the bus because video games do a lot of this stuff that is suggestive and that would be a problem in and of itself. Now understand, their actual policy here is not about the video games content. Their policy is about what you are doing. This is user attire. This is your nudity and attire, not the actual video games. But it's interesting. It's interesting to see them throw video games under the bus for this particular stuff. Yep, you can see Geralt in a hot tub in The Witcher. Should that be prohibited? No, of course, we don't want that. So hot tubs in general have to be allowed for streaming? It's an interesting choice, Twitch. Twitch clearly now evidencing that they want to allow these hot tubs while also not looking like they are just becoming a hot tub channel, which is their prerogative, but it makes for an interesting choice. To make the lines between what we consider to be overtly or explicitly sexually suggestive more clear, our team is planning to update our policies on sexually suggestive content in the coming months. We might wind up covering that because that will be interesting to see exactly how they try to set the dividing lines there. We also want to address questions from our creators about suspending advertising on their channels. They're talking to Amaranth now, right? On Twitch, brands get to decide where and when their ads appear. Now, put a pin in this entire paragraph and all of these thoughts because we're going to talk about another blog post that came out on this same day that exposes Twitch in ways that they might be anticipating but is significant for how they want to continue their operations. Today, they can target or avoid specific categories of content and flag channels that don't meet their standards. So you're Coca-Cola, you're an advertiser. You can say, I don't want to be associated with these categories of content and I can name specific channels I don't want a Coke ad to appear on. This means that Twitch, in rare cases, will suspend advertising on a channel at the advertiser's request. Now, these two sentences are unclear to me. 
if an advertiser can target or avoid specific categories and flag channels that don't meet their standards, why in the in respect of this, would it be rare for Twitch to suspend advertising on a channel? What happens when an advertiser flags it? Does it have to be a lot of advertisers that flag it? It's unclear just from this paragraph. We absolutely do not permit brands to use protected characteristics as a filter for advertising, targeting, or blocking. Now, part of that is because it hasn't been clear. That hasn't been a part of the tags that Twitch uses. So you couldn't use protected characteristics. Protected characteristics, in case you aren't aware, being those traditionally thought of as the Civil Rights Act characteristics, the constitutionally protected ones, your your race, your sex, your national origin, your religion, those kinds of things. We recently suspended advertising on some channels that were flagged by the majority of our advertiser base and failed to notify them. So this sentence seems to suggest that it does need to be a lot of advertisers to get put on the blacklist. And if you are, it's a majority that actually talked about Amaranth. Now, do we believe that? That's probably a lot of advertisers. I don't know what a majority of Twitch advertisers looks like, uh, but they all decided to flag this particular channel. Our creators rely on us and we should have alerted affected streamers to this change before it happened. It was a mistake not to do so. We're working with individual creators to address their specific situations and restore ads where appropriate. So no promises to the Amaranths of the world here. It's where appropriate. But also it's worth noting that as we just looked at in all their documents, they don't obligate themselves to make a notice of this type. They don't obligate themselves to otherwise say, hey, we're not putting ads on your channel anymore. Yes, creators can get steamed. Amaranth, I think, was well advised to go out to the public and say this is what's happening and to get Twitch to address it in this fashion. And yet Twitch right now in their current documents doesn't have any requirement to otherwise not do what it did this past week. What's next? We think it's important that viewers have choice in determining the type of content that is suggested to them and brands have the right to determine where their ads appear on the service. We are working to develop more robust controls for advertisers and viewers to enable them to control their experiences on our service. I do think it's worthwhile to note that advertisers come first in this sentence because one of the things that Twitch really has to manage is advertiser expectations. This is why some are calling the hot tub issue an adpocalypse, meaning a reference to when YouTube had to change whole swaths of how it operated because advertisers didn't much care for some of the content that their ads were being attached to. So what is Twitch actually doing? Well, as we saw with Amaranth's stream today, they're introducing a new category, pools, hot tubs, and beaches. If you have chosen swimwear that is allowed under the swim and beaches contextual exception to our standard nudity and attire policy, you should stream into the pools, hot tubs, and beaches category. Now, what's interesting here is that you see this as should. This is a suggestion. This is not a mandate. However, if you go into what Twitch actually put in their rules, creators that have chosen swimwear that is allowed under the swim and beaches contextual exception to our standard nudity and attire policy, same start of the sentence, must stream into the pools, hot tubs, and beaches category. Interesting. The blog post says should stream. This says must stream. And if you do not appropriately categorize your stream, you may be moved into the pools, hot tubs, and beaches category. So you're playing Minecraft. You put up Minecraft. You're in swimwear in a hot tub. They move you out to pools, hot tubs, and beaches. Probably send you a warning letter. You must stream it over here. This is not optional. Why? Because Twitch is trying to get its ducks in a row with the Coca-Colas of the world and is trying to make sure that they can control what their advertisers get to advertise on. So is this a solution to the hot tub situation? No, it's about a halfway point. 
You've got enterprising hot tubbers that looked at the rules and said, ah, I see how these go together and I can inflate a hot tub and I can make some money. And apparently Amaranth was doing very well. I think I read in one of the articles that she was making upwards of $1,000 a day. And so to some respect, I say more power to you if you can figure out how those rules work and you can make money off a service like that. On the other hand, Twitch has a problem on its hands because it has a lot of hot tub streamers and a lot of this kind of content when it ostensibly is a family-friendly service that you can use to watch people play video games. So Twitch has basically sided with, for the most part, the hot tub streamers, put them in their own category, mandated that category be used, and is going to allow their advertisers to say, we don't want to be attached with that category. Presumably some advertisers and types of advertisement are also going to say, we want to be associated with that category, which I think in general, most people would think of as sexually suggestive. I don't even think Twitch necessarily argues that point. It's just the fact that their rules read that they're not going to judge suggestiveness on attire that gets them put into this situation. And those advertisers might say, hey, we love pools, hot tubs, and beaches. And then you run the risk of essentially having Twitch and Twitch after dark. But What's most important about this story from my perspective as a lawyer is the notion of tags and advertisers being allowed to select what tags that they want to appear on and what they don't. And this is exacerbated by another blog post that went up the very same day, May 21st. Celebrate yourself and your community with 350 plus new tags. Next week, streamers will be able to select from over 350 new tags related to gender, sexual orientation, race, nationality, ability, mental health, and more. Now, as we just said as part of this video, this list is actually very close to the protected characteristics, protected class list, which means in American law and in most state laws in the United States, you can't discriminate based around these particular things. Now, Twitch isn't trying to discriminate. Twitch is trying to establish that these folks can select these tags. They want people to be able to identify themselves. They say what they did when they originally instituted tags was wrong. Reading from the post now, we intentionally designed the original system for creators to be able to describe what they were streaming, not who they were or what they stood for. We have maintained this distinction since that time, and we were wrong. When viewers talk about why they love Twitch, they don't just talk about the content. They talk about creators, what they care about, and the communities they have built. By expanding tags, we are giving creators more ways to be discovered and viewers more ways to find communities that they want to call home. So you'll be allowed to say what your religion, your nationality, your mental health, your sexual orientation is. You will tag yourself with that. And remember, advertisers can decide on what they're going to advertise on based on tags. Remember also that Twitch said that in no respect were we allowing tags to say that you can't advertise on just a protected characteristic, but those tags haven't existed until now. So the problem Twitch has is that this is something that has been addressed in technology pretty recently. If we go back all the way to 2019, which admittedly with a pandemic in the middle feels like a long time ago, we see an NPR article. Facebook announces changes to alleged discriminatory ad targeting. After years of criticism and multiple lawsuits alleging that Facebook engaged in discrimination by allowing advertisers to select which users could see their ads, the social media giant announced it will make changes to its ad platform by the end of the year. 
Facebook was providing online advertisers tools to customize which users could view their ads based on their likes as well as their background. So this was actually the customers you could decide upon because Facebook's collecting all that data on you. Look out, Facebook. We've talked about it a lot in this space. Here, we're talking about the platform itself allowing advertisers to say, I don't want to be associated with a specific channel. And those channels might or might not be tagged with protected characteristics now. Facebook wound up saying anyone who wants to run housing, employment, or credit ads will no longer be allowed to target by age, gender, or zip code. Zip code being what we call geofencing, that you were allowed to pick the zip codes that you wanted. And if those zip codes ran in specific demographic groups, various government entities and other uh, NGOs and things like that wound up suing Facebook for facilitating discrimination. Understand Facebook didn't itself discriminate. They provided tools that allowed malactors, bad folks, to discriminate. And the housing department and other folks found that Facebook allowing that to happen was in itself liable for some of that discrimination. After this settlement that we just read about, the housing department, HUD, slaps Facebook with a discrimination charge. Facebook thought they had settled. They get sued almost immediately by HUD. HUD says Facebook does so by encouraging, enabling, and causing housing discrimination when it allows companies that use their platform to improperly shield who can see certain housing ads. HUD also alleges Facebook allowed advertisers certain tools on their advertising platform that could exclude people who were classified as non-American born, non-Christian, or interested in Hispanic culture, among other things. It also said advertisers could exclude people based on zip code, essentially drawing a red line around those neighborhoods on a map. And Twitch doesn't have quite the same problem in and of itself. It's not a general purpose platform like Facebook, although it certainly could get into trouble with things like housing advertising or employment advertising. The other problem is essentially discrimination in places of public accommodation, right? We talked about this. Race, color, religion, or national origin is the federal rule. Different state rules have different ones. This is religion, race, color, national origin, age, sex, or marital status here in Michigan. And it says you can't discriminate on places of public accommodation for things like any motion picture house, theater, concert hall, sports arena, stadium, or other place of exhibition or entertainment. Now, I will tell you, there are a lot of court cases here that argue about whether or not a rule like this actually applies to a digital space like Twitch. It's not really the same as premises. That's a term you see a lot in these laws. Those were about physical spaces. But Twitch allowing its own folks to tag themselves for questions that they probably couldn't ask in an advertising context or couldn't ask in an employment context raises a whole host of questions. And so there will be folks, including government agencies, that look at something like this and look at Twitch and Amazon very closely to determine whether or not they are facilitating discrimination. They're facilitating other problems, whether it's with the Civil Rights Act or with the Housing Act, as we saw with respect to Facebook. And Twitch is effectively opening itself up to this kind of thing, basically because it wants to help advertisers control what is happening around its system while ostensibly telling people that it wants to help them celebrate themselves. And I think everybody should be able to use whatever tags that they want, but Twitch has proven to be, uh, let's say, an ambiguous ally with respect to others using its service. And it will be very interesting to see exactly how it handles any potential issues that arise out of this in the same manner that it handled those issues that arise out of entrepreneurial hot tubbers. 
This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoyed this episode, we're talking about video games, technology, pop culture, and the business and law related thereto all the time. Please consider supporting the channel. We've got a Patreon, Streamlabs, a store to buy things, or just subscribe, ring the bell, upvote, downvote. Hey, if you downvote it, I still respect it. Please leave a comment if you downvote it so we can talk about why you didn't like it and or just tell your friends, put it on forums. Let folks know that we're having these conversations in virtual legality. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.